welcome to The Next Level, a podcast from the Team Performance Institute. Here we provide actionable insights on modern leadership and team development, driving higher levels of organizational performance and life empowerment. I'm your host, John Sanchez. Join me and my team as we take you on the journey to the next level. I am so proud and happy to have with us a good friend of Team Performance Institute, an incredible woman today, uh, Natalie Eicher, who's the president and co-founder of Medical, and she's a nationally uh, national board certified health and wellness coach trained at Duke Integrative Medicine. Uh, prior to co-founding Medical, Natalie spent 10 years, very successful years in the technology industry where she served in various roles, uh, leadership roles, sales leadership roles, then she pivoted into an all-important um, really, and I really want to get into this discussion with you, Natalie, on your roles in diversity and inclusion. Um, she has her, her BA from the Ohio State University in marketing and sales, and she's also a certified personal trainer, something she brought into her life later uh, in life. Uh, she specializes in pre- and postnatal fitness. And I want to talk a little bit about medical, what, what it does, but, I, but in order to do that, really, it drives into Natalie's passion and her purpose. She's very passionate about helping women visualize and achieve their goals and really around well-being. And uh, she helps them realize their purpose and their potential and help put those into action. So much of what we do at Team Performance Institute is talk about living a, a life of purpose. Our coaching program is called Purpose Driven Coaching. So, you know, finding your purpose is also important. And Natalie is doing it in the specialty in the niche of helping women discover that. It's just so, such a cool place to be. Um, well, she feels her own purpose is gathering, empowering, equipping women in the community because a strong community of women who, who support each other can radically impact our health and happiness in our communities. Natalie was just named a 2020 Rising Female Star by CRN. Um, that is a, an award for how you turn your challenges into opportunities for positive change. Um, absolutely incredible. Natalie and I have worked together for a few years as she was working for uh, Dell EMC and then Dell Technologies in the diversity and inclusion space. Team Performance Institute was honored to bring her onto a speaker panel and she spoke with us and she speaks to women passionately about diversity and inclusion and empowerment. Um, really dynamic. Natalie, thank you so much for joining us on our show. And it's just great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I, I'm so thrilled to be here. And um, I just I remember the first day that I met you um, while at, you know, Dell EMC and, and your your energy is so uh, magnetic. And so I'm, I never thought I'd be here today having this conversation with you. I, I really look up to you. So thanks for having me on. Well, Natalie, well, thank you. I remember meeting you first day. You're such a great presence. You're so strong in, in everything that you do, and you bring this light to the world. So thank you for helping us bring this to it. I really want to, you know, focus on, on you. Uh, let's start with, let's start with, you know, it's been a journey for you, as you said, from that first moment when we started working together at Dell EMC, but up to where you are now. Let's start with the, the core of that. Let's start, with, tell us a little bit about your family, tell us about, um, you know, where you are now, where you're living and, and what's going on for you today. Yeah. Uh, my family. Um, so I live in Raleigh, North Carolina now, um, uh, has a husband, Justin and a two and a half year old son. His name's Anderson. 
And um, we have some family here in Raleigh, North Carolina, too. But originally, both me and my husband are from Ohio. So from Canton, Ohio, you know, Football Hall of Fame. And uh, grew up there, went to school there, and just knew that I wanted to get out of Ohio and move someplace warm. So that's what brought uh, me to, to North Carolina. It was my first job out of college. And um, I, I met Justin, my husband, actually, in Ohio and convinced him. It wasn't hard convincing uh, for him to move to, to North Carolina. And, uh, yeah, we've been here since 2009 and absolutely love it. Um, but family, you know, family is really important to me. I, I, I grew up um, in, in Ohio with, you know, both my mom's side of the family, my dad's side of the family in Ohio, very close-knit families. And so the one bummer about living in North Carolina is that a lot of families still back in Ohio, and that's the same for my husband's family. So we've recruited some family down here, um, but there's still some, uh, still some uh, in the Midwest, um, but we try to make the most of family time here. I'm a big uh, person about Sunday dinners. Sundays, like you have to be at my house. I'm making a big dinner. Everyone's everyone's welcome. So that's awesome. So in all your business, you find time to gather family on a religious like schedule, right? Sunday dinners are sacred. Oh, Sundays are sacred to me. Sundays are my favorite. Um, it's a family day for me. It's a total rest day. Um, and it's, it is, it's very sacred for me. And so I, I like to gather my family and, and food is my love language. So that's what we do on Sundays. That's awesome. I want to, I want to talk a little bit about medical, but I think what you're talking about now helps us kind of transition into that. You said in an interview, and by the way, if you look up Natalie Eicher online, you'll see, you'll find thousands of followers and she's been on Forbes and all kinds of cool places. But you said in one of your interviews, around work-life balance. You said, we would, we would love to banish the phrase work-life balance yeah. from the vocabulary because when you think about the notion of balance, it's a zero-sum game. Can you talk to us a little bit about that work-life balance and family and how you are integrating that with women right now and what you're telling women in the workspace, how you're helping them? Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, work-life balance. It's just, um, like you said, a zero-sum game. It's, it's when you even think about balance, it's you think about that scale, right? And, and always trying to get that perfect balance. And I think it sets this expectation that you should have this perfect balance. Um, and that's not the case. And when you think about switching that mentality to work-life integration, even if you like look up the word integration, it's so much more about like a whole and like harmony. And so that's really what we want to aim for is not this uh, unrealistic idea of balance, but how can we create more harmony between work and life? Because life is work and work is life. We're working constantly, right? Five days a week. And, um, and so what we really want to help uh, women and, and really anyone that we coach is how can you take a look at the different domains of, of your life or these different roles and hats that we wear, especially as women, maybe your mothers. And so we, we do this exercise where we usually have them think about their work, their, you know, self and their well-being, their community and their family. And then you think and you know, we ask them to reflect on what's most important. What are your, your goals in these four different domains, your, your values? What's most important? What are those priorities? And then you take a look at those and say, where is their conflict? Um, and where there is conflict, like let's say, 
you know, you say you want to be home for dinner five nights a week to eat dinner with your family, but you know, maybe uh, you also say that you want to be at the gym after work because that's the only time you can fit it in or you're traveling three weeks out of the, of the week and it's just not possible. So looking for where there are areas of conflict and saying where are there opportunities to create more harmony, either by saying no to things that aren't a priority um, or um, making sure that you're taking those things that are important to you and making them habits and creating the time and space for those things, which I don't think we do enough of. We say things are a priority, but we don't um, actually make the time and space for them. Um, or even thinking about just how do we get creative with um, with our our schedules and our work and our and our personal lives to um, make things fit, so you can still have those things that you say are important to you, but you just might have to get creative or switch things around um, in the way that we do things. I mean, think about COVID right now and how that's shifted everything we know about how we work and how we live and just kind of put everything together. Um, so you have to think about how can I do things differently to have more of this harmony and create a, a new normal where I feel like I'm able to, um, you know, have the things in my work life and in my personal life that fulfill me and make sense. And I, or I don't feel like I'm um, overworked uh, or overcommitted in one particular area. Mm -hmm. And and for our listeners, Natalie lived this life very much so. Like you lived this life at Dell EMC. You were it's a very incredible team that you're a part of. You had some really good leaders and, and you know, the Ray Lipskys uh, of the world that were with you, who was also on one of our podcasts. But you know, but you've you've really you've done this. What are you um, you know, what are you telling women now? It's not five days a week, it's like seven days a week. And <laughs> all of this is omnidirectional, right? So you have yeah. the, you have the pressure of being a great mom. You have the pressure of being a great wife. You have the pressure mm -hmm. of your work. You have the pressure of, you know, of the home. And now we're looking at back to school. Yeah. What, you know, what are you, what advice are you, are you, or what things are you seeing out there um, that we can help or that you're telling women around this, around all that omnidirectional um, um, stress? Yeah, I would say um, a few different things. One, especially in the time that times that we're in, like you have to radically prioritize um, and and learn that you can't always say um, yes to the things that you maybe said yes to in the past. So learning how to say no and to get comfortable with that, and and in order to make the time and space for the things you want to say yes to, and so like radically prioritizing the things that are important um, and committing to those, um, and but also like giving yourself grace there is going to be that ebb and flow like i said you're not going to have that balance there are going to be weeks where you're working your butt off and you're just like i i'm i'm stretched a little too thin this week but it's about recognizing that and saying okay how do i make sure that i have you know some boundaries some breaks some time to recharge um you know i think we'll probably talk about this at some point but well-being and like you know it really um, fostering those other parts of who we are and, and beyond just our work is so important. So I think right now when you said like, you know, work seems to be seven days a week and we're sitting in our chairs, we're not in the office. And um, it's important to, you know, really prioritize your well-being. And, you know, like we were talking the other day, I was out taking a walk. It's like, if I don't find time to go take a walk or to spend some time with my family or to call a good friend. I mean, it's easy to, 
to not prioritize those things, but um, it's at the detriment to our health and our performance, our engagement at work. And so um, I think right now we're, we're encouraging people to um, radically prioritize, make the time and space for that. Give yourself some grace when you do have some weeks that seem a little out of whack and, and prioritize um, yourself in, in all of this, which again, it comes back to that exercise we do is, is what's important for you to take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And setting that, I like how you do that. Are you doing that, putting that on paper for them? So people yeah. set that down and they're looking at that and, you know, and visually. yeah, visually. Yeah. So important. Yeah, it's um, it's an adaptation from from an exercise called the four circles, and um, we kind of simplified it a bit and, and made it our own. But it's it's just such a helpful exercise, whether you're a man or a woman, right? It's it's about visually seeing those four different areas of your life and what's important and 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 how to create space. And then, of course, you know, both as as coaches, you know, coaching companies, it's how do you create habits and accountability around those things that you say you want to prioritize and make a part of who you are? Right. Right. Yeah. And you bring up an important, important point around the gender neutrality of home care. Now, as we've, yeah. as we've migrated into a whole new space of understanding that we've been working closely with Dell throughout COVID and, you know, some of the men are like, Hey, I'm, I'm a big part of the home. And you know, that's a big part of it. It's not just women that are struggling through these, you know, through this, I love what you said, work-life integration, radically prioritize, give yourself grace. Like we teach and we coach in our practice a lot about self-compassion. Like if you just yeah. put that on, what would you tell a friend, right? What would you, if, if your friend was going through what you're going through, yeah. what advice would you give them? Yeah. And, that's one of the best things to, to change your mindset and, and, and just your self-talk, right? Yeah. How would you, how would you talk to a friend, a loved one about that? I love that. Yeah. Um, well, I can go in so many directions right now with this conversation. It's really fun. Let's talk about mindset. Um, you know, Team Performance Institute did a whole module on growth mindset, and so did Medical. So I'd love just yeah. to tap into the growth mindset or mindset from your perspective on what you're telling women around mindset, how you're teaching it. What are some of the key takeaways from that? Yeah. Oh, mindset. I could, we know we both could talk for days about it. Um, I think most people have learned or been exposed to like, you know, what growth versus fixed mindset is and it's kind of like skills are built versus born and, and all of that. But um, I think what's interesting um, about mindset and growth mindset in particular that a lot of people don't, don't understand is that um, it's really more of a spectrum, right? You're not just fixed or growth. It's, you know, when you look at growth mindset, especially over these like critical areas, like, how you approach feedback, how you approach challenges, mistakes. It's not just you saying like, I either can or can't do something, right? So once you dive deeper and realize that there are these different areas of um, where our mindset is really exposed, it's, it's, it's not just on fixed or growth, but it's usually where am I on the spectrum um, between growth and fix? And how do I start to recognize um, patterns or just create more awareness of where I might be leaning towards more of a fixed mindset in it um, in a particular area. So feedback for me is one of the most fascinating areas of, um, of mm -hmm. mindset. So people with a fixed mindset, you know, get really defensive when they get feedback. And so when we're asking people to reflect on 
their mindset, a lot of people are like, man, I really do hate getting feedback. I hate giving feedback. I hate receiving it. I do feel like attacked and defensive. So someone that might consider themselves to have a really big, you know, great growth mindset may say, well, I really see that I'm, uh, you know, more fixed when it comes to feedback or I hate making mistakes. I always like to be perfect. So I, I feel like I avoid taking risks and making mistakes. I didn't realize that I was more fixed in that, in that context. So, um, I mean, love um, the topic of growth mindset, but you know, in regards to gender, you know, specifically, which is where our niche is at medical, one of the most interesting things for me is that women, research shows that women tend to have more of a fixed mindset because of um, how, as a society, we tend to praise um, uh, women uh, and girls or when they're really young differently. We don't give them as much feedback or we tend to praise women um, based on who they are as a person versus the effort or strategy they employ, right? Which can um, give them almost like a set point, if, if you will, to having a fixed mindset, which then affects um, their confidence and ability to self-promote. So there's all this fascinating research that um, stems from, you know, growth or affects mindset and how it affects, you know, why women might be um, not as comfortable self-promoting um, or asking for feedback or praise. Um, so, yeah, I, I, um, I think it's, it's fascinating. But, you know, one thing on growth mindset, John, that I love talking about is like, is feedback and growth mindset mm -hmm. specifically. I feel like as professionals, whether you're a leader, individual contributor, um, feedback and learning how to um, give growth mindset oriented feedback is one of the greatest skills that um, we can we can have as professionals. So, you know, with growth mindset feedback, it's kind of like a three prong process, right? It, it's in order for growth mindset or for feedback to be growth mindset oriented, it has to be specific and it has to be um, it has to acknowledge the outcome, but also acknowledge the strategy or outcome that, um, or the strategy or effort that was put in. So, so many times people say like, oh, good job on that presentation or great job you met your number this quarter, but it's not specific enough, right? It doesn't say like what they did or didn't do that might have produced that outcome. Um, so yeah, I could go on forever about that. I know. It's such, a, it's such a fascinating topic. You've done it so well, and you've also dissected it from from the angle of your niche, which is, you know, helping women. And we, you know, we teach it around, you know, helping executives across the board, but I love how you said it's on the spectrum, mm -hmm. right? It's on the spectrum. And I love to think about for our listeners, you know, if you're not familiar with mindset or growth mindset, it's Carol Dweck's work, which Natalie's doing a really good job articulating, oversimplifying it. It's really the neuroplasticity of your mind. We used to think that by the time we were adults, that we were fixed in our mindset. We were fixed in our ways. Uh, the old saying, it's can't teach an old dog new tricks, yeah. that type of work. And we realize and recognize now that with neuroplasticity, we do have the ability to change and we can actually change the neural pathways that our minds take to get to new results and new outcomes. But we have to be open to the idea that we are malleable in our thoughts and, and therefore in our actions and therefore in our outcomes. And so as we put that all together, it's a really fun topic to talk about. But, you know, now as you're saying, women... Are you seeing that there's a little bit more perfectionism on, on the in the female gender side, or what do you see there? Yeah, um, and that goes to um, you know really goes back to how a lot of women were praised and 
you know, they um, were socialized um, from the beginning. So yeah, we find that a lot of women are tend to be more perfectionists, don't want to take as many risks or, or make as many mistakes. And so, you know, as a result, um, they tend to um, not take those yeah. risks. Um, so it's, that's why a growth mindset is just one of the, the best skills and things that you can really, you know, really improve your, you know, self-awareness about what your, like where you fall on the spectrum, because it's, it's something that can radically impact your career, your well-being. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I want to go there to radically impacting career well-being in a mm -hmm. second. But, but first, I'd say that, man, really, really impressive the way that you broke down growth mindset, you know, for women. And tell us a little bit about what it was like for you, who had an incredible career. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in the, in, you know, sales and the technology industry and part of a great company with Dell, what was it like for you to say, I'm, I'm going to step out here and, and do my own thing. I mean, that, that had yeah. to require a lot of, uh, growth mindset, a lot of, um, and when I think when I'm saying growth mindset, what I'm talking about is being able to, to start a small business, pivot, fail, fall down, get up, change, do yeah. all these, you know, these things. What was that like? Oh, scary, scary as heck. Um, super scary. But I think, you know, in order to make a, a big change, you know, just like, you know, you went from corporate to starting your own business, there's usually some, you can usually find some type of like, you know, someone mentioned, I saw a speaker once talk about these crucible moments, right? Or these catalysts, life-changing moments that, really change your perspective and give you a bigger view. Um, sometimes, you know, in our career, like, I mean, I spent, you know, 10 years, I went to school for sales. I thought that's what I wanted to do the rest of my life. Um, and sometimes you're just in your own little bubble and you don't see the bigger picture, right? And so, you know, a lot of personal things led me to realize that, you know, I, you know, a career in sales, <clears throat> while I was good at my job and I loved the people I worked with, I loved the company I worked for, it wasn't the legacy that I wanted to leave. And it wasn't truly what allowed me to bring my most authentic best self to work every day. Um, and so I think it was a combination of my mom passing away and, and going through that. I think it, it brought me to a epiphany, like aha moment that you know, I, I didn't want to do sales the rest of my life and I wanted to do something uh, different, but I didn't exactly know what that was, John. And so I started looking for um, breadcrumbs, like what is it, you know, sort of reflecting on the last 10 years of my career, like what is it that I love, right? Um, what, what really lights me up? And um, for me, it was coaching and mentoring other people, developing other people. That's why I loved being a sales manager is because I loved the development and building a team and coaching and having more of that coaching leadership style. Um, that's what really, you know, brought me the greatest joy and fulfillment. And so I decided I wanted to do something with this coaching. I went back to school while I was working at, um, at my corporate job and then eventually, you know, came to, um, meet my business partner Molly at, um, at Duke where I was going through my program but I think you know the the catalyst was one I think the personal moment of my my mom passing and she was very passionate about you know hey Natalie I want you to do something that you love and you know she she actually said that she um 
really regretted in her career. She spent so much time and energy on her work and felt like she missed out on a lot of the important things. And I felt like I was doing the same thing, especially, um, you know, I try not to get too emotional, but I, I threw myself into work too when I was dealing with, um, with my mom passing. And that to me was just like one of those, you know, moments where you're like, oh, that's not who I want to be. And that's, it was a wake up call where I was like, that's terrible. I regret that. And that's not what I want to do the rest of my life. And so that was one of the catalyst moments for me. It was like, I want to coach other people and, and women specifically, because, you know, spending enough time in a male dominated industry and seeing women struggle to really feel like they belong and, and that they can advance in, in an industry like that. Um, and then this idea of well-being of like, I realized that I wasn't alone in that I fed into that toxic narrative of success where mm. it was all about hustle and working harder than the other person and fitting in to what that, that, you know, prototype of success looked like, which oftentimes was very male dominated, you know, and, and I, um, I was just like, that's not what I, I want to continue with. I, I don't want to, I knew it was going to lead to burnout and health problems if I continued on that path. So one of the, the reasons I wanted to start medical and Molly and I wanted to start medical is that we wanted to create a different narrative of success that created sustainable success, right? Success that, you know, where you could prioritize your well-being in parallel with your success and you can have both, right? You can spend the time with your family and take vacation and, and work out multiple times during the week and, and invest in, in your personal development. And that was going to feed your success, not take away from it at work. Um, and I just feel like we have a lot of work to do um, in the corporate space, especially um, in industries like technology where hustle is glorified and um, working to death literally is, is something that people um, look up to people like that, you know? Yeah. We've had some, like, like yourself, some super overachievers on. And one of them I asked, uh, Coleman Rue has on one of our podcasts, Navy SEAL, incredible guy, brother of mine, fantastic human being, great patriot. I said, Coleman, what advice would you give you know, others? If you could go back 20 years, what, what advice would you give to yourself? And he said, if you keep at the pace that I did, you will burn out and die by the time you're 42 years old. I was like, wow. Yeah. And that is true. We are built to like drive we're built to you know, high achievers type a's that just want to go 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 i mean i'm still working through with my own coach like how to you know tone down that achievement mentality that just constantly causes you to strive 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 and you know fall into bad habits but i'm so thankful for people like that who publicly talk about the importance of taking care of yourself because that's what we need more of to change this mindset and to change this culture of, um, you know, of, of, of burnout, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I love when I hear highly successful people say that, you know, it's not just cause they worked harder than everyone else, but yeah, I mean, they work hard, but you know, they're, they're taking care of themselves and, and yeah. making sure that they have an overall fulfilling, um, life. It's a counterintuitive piece to leadership development is that I'm going to go spend some time on myself. Yeah. I'm going to go read a book in the afternoon. Then I'm going to go play golf on a Friday afternoon. We had a yeah. really prominent president of a major business of Unisys basically say every Friday afternoon, he goes out and plays golf. Yeah. And it was just relief to everybody, like the 10,000 people that he was in charge of to go, what? That's mm -hmm. a great thing to do. Spend time on yourself. 
And I think that that's a great part of leadership. So you're helping people, you know, helping people really see that. What are you telling people right now? How, what are some of the key takeaways? What can people do? Women, men, Mm -hmm. um, I know you're female specific, so you can answer it to whatever gender preference you care to, but how do we take care of ourselves right now? You know, in this, in this environment. Mm -hmm. I think one of the ways to take care of yourself um, is first of all, there's so much talk about self-care and like bubble baths and this and that. And like realizing that what may be great for self-care for someone else or taking care of, of, of other, you know, other people is not what may work for you. So it's like figuring out what lights you up, what just fills your cup. Like for me, I could give a crap less about a bubble bath. Right. Um, I like to get out in nature. For me, it's, making time to go paddleboarding with Justin or to go on a nice long hike or like, you know, taking time um, with my son to, you know, to do try on like new adventures and new parks. And it's like, figure out what is it for me that lights me up, that makes me feel rejuvenated and do that, schedule it, make time for it, create space for it. Um, Because if not, we default to, our old patterns, right? You talked about neuroplasticity. We have all of these ingrained habits and ways of living. It's like, if you don't, you know, create time and space to do the things that you love that are going to fill you back up so that you can perform at your peak. Um, you know, if you don't make that time, it's, it's at the detriment of, of your success, your health, all of these things, your relationships. Um, so that would be, you know, my biggest advice is to find what that is. And, even just starting small, like, you know, as a coach, it's like, don't make these grandiose, you know, um, goals, but like start small. Like I, you know, started recently, like I wanted to start, um, I want to start getting, tuning and tapping in more to my creative side. I spent 10 years doing private art lessons and I haven't picked up a paintbrush in years. Cause I don't give myself permission to do that because I'll be honest, like, again, as a recovering, like overachiever, spending time to paint is not checking anything off the to-do list, right? (laughs) So carving out, you know, an hour a week to just have like creative time, painting, drawing, and like I picked up some new watercolors the other day, like that's what I lose time in and where I want to get back to. So figure out what that is for you and schedule it. Yeah, I love that. That is such great advice. You know, it is specific self-care. Right. Yeah. What makes you happy? Yeah. What lights you up? What is, and I, you know, I got to go one step further than that. So you pick up a paintbrush and you haven't done this for 10 years and you start getting creative. Well, guess what? Over 10 years, your mind has definitely changed. You've had a baby. You've yeah. got married. You, you, all this has changed for you. So your, your level of creativity has changed in different yeah. ways. And then you have this ability to, whoa, like see yourself and through a different light and then learn things while you're doing that. So we think about self care or we think about doing these things as an indulgence, right? Or I yeah. mean, you know, some people think it's, it's an indulgence. I'm going to go get a massage and it's just, uh, and, and you're embarrassed to say it, especially like during the lockdown, right? Or I'm going to go, go for, go for a run or go, you know, and, and I don't see it that way. And I've never seen it that way. It is about really authentically taking care of yourself so you can be the best you at work. So you can be the best you at home, you know, and that's going to be great. If you go for that run or you go for that, that walk, or you, you, you decide that you're going to take an extra time to make a meal. that's a lot more healthy for you. Yes. At the end of the day, you're going to feel better. 
mm-hmm. and have a better night and be ready to rock and roll the next day at work. Yeah. Right. I've been thinking um, about lately about like thinking about everything is like, is it nourishing me? Is it nourishing my mind, my body, you know, my spirit? Like, is what I'm doing truly nourishing me when it comes to like, taking care of yourself? Because that can apply to so many different facets of our of our well being of you know even about with in regards to our professional development. Um, so yeah, I I think it's like a, one of those missing you know, cogs of, of leadership development is, is, you know, almost like helping people give themselves permission yeah. to agree into the other parts of them that aren't career focused. Yeah. And in one of your master classes, you said it was, it was off the cuff, but you said it all starts with awareness, right? It all starts with awareness. And a lot of the concepts that you teach that we teach are all around all right, we're going to talk about this concept, but first we want you to be aware of it. Just look to, you know, take a look around you and see, you know, see it for the first time. We call it reticular activation when you bring it into your own life. And then all of a sudden you start to see it everywhere. Right. Um, right. So that awareness first, you know, yeah. you know, developing that awareness. And like what you're saying is that is that awareness of as I, as simple as self-care, as I say, I'm going to take care of myself. What am I feeling? What am I going through as I say that? Is it, is it guilt? Mm-hmm. Um, is it like, oh no, somebody like the boss is going to find out that I'm doing this for yes. myself or, mm-hmm. or Molly's going to be like, hey, Natalie, what are you doing? You know, um, we talk a lot about teaming and environment. We have to want to set a healthy environment around that as leaders that that's okay, especially yeah. in COVID, especially mm-hmm. as the work-life balance seems to be not integrated not balanced right and and even think about like not only the awareness of like how am i feeling am i feeling guilty but i love my favorite ways to to talk about self-awareness is like after they've done whatever active self-care they've gone for that run they've taken that time off to say how did how did that feel like how did that impact you your performance your work like oh actually i feel like i'm doing better work i actually i'm more refreshed i'm you know, kinder to my employees, to my team. I mean, so I think that that part of self-awareness too is like looking at the positive of what happened when you made space for that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, you can't have effectiveness without, without awareness. Yeah, it's absolutely. absolutely. And sometimes that awareness is hard going back to growth mindset. Oh. I got to tell you that like, when I, when I started, when COVID started, I was um, like, all right, well, let's, let's figure out a new way to integrate how to connect with and be with people. Cause I don't, I love being on the road. As you know, I love seeing you and with, you know, and all the people that we got to work with and, and all the different companies we do. I don't get that anymore. So let's start a podcast. Oh yeah. sounds easy. I'll start a podcast. And I was like, let's just start a podcast. I got this. I love talking. I love talking on the phone. I love, and I did my first podcast and, and I listened to, it. I thought I did a pretty good job. Then I listened to it. I was like, that was awful. Like, that, <laughs> <laughs> like I wasn't listening to my, um, to, you know, my, um, the person that I was interviewing, I wasn't in the moment I was, and I realized there's a whole other skill set there. So of course, like, what do you do? Fall down, get up, go to growth mindset, get on YouTube, how to podcast. And yeah. you did a masterclass on podcasting as well. Yeah, we right? had a partner come in and do that because we're seeing so many, like even professionals, like not just entrepreneurs that are like, I, I want to start a podcast and connect with my clients, my customers, I want to do it as a hobby. I want to you know, meet all these incredible people. I love it. 
Right. I'm, I'm yeah. glad that you created this podcast. This is oh, it's so fun. Incredible. It's so fun. It's you know me, you, and my mother that'll listen to this one. And it's a good one. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I I find it actually fascinating because I've um, through this you know through these new ways, and I guess we're talking about growth mindset. Through these new ways of connecting with people in COVID and through this podcast specifically, I've reconnected with so many friends and people that say, "I listened to that and it, it helped." And for me, that's my juice. That's what keeps me going is to being able to authentically help others get to the next level. That's why, uh, that's why a team that we named it the next level. Um, well, let's talk about medical for a second. Let's talk about like, you know, what it is that next level for you guys, what are you seeking to do? I know that you've, you have, in, in your mind, you've probably thought this has been a slow go and it's been like, um, you know, we, we we're working through this, but in reality for all of us watching you and your meteoric rise, this has been an incredible success story, uh, especially a women's success story, you know, and, and starting your own business and, and creating something out of nothing, I would like to say. And I don't mean that in a bad way because no, like basically like that's a power What's next for you? What What are your dreams, your hopes as we, you know, as you go into 2020 or the end of 2020, what's, what's the horizon? What's the vision of medical? Yeah. The vision of medical, you know, we have a vision, you know, to, you know, here's the thing is like right now, um, you know, we work a lot with, with companies and, um, you know, when we first started, we weren't doing a lot with working with individual women and what, especially during COVID has, has helped us really get clear on is, is we want to make coaching, um, accessible to as many women as possible. And we weren't really serving, you know, that individual market as much. So now we've scaled our team and set up ourselves up in such a way that, um, we can work with women um, outside of, you know, the corporate space with their companies aren't paying for coaching or talent development programs. Um, and that for us is very fulfilling um, because a lot of times coaching seems out of reach um, for a lot of professionals or, you know, just something that, you know, they've frankly never done before and it's very intimidating. So we've made some changes and hoping to scale things like our membership that is like a monthly coaching membership that, you still work one-on-one -on -one with a coach, but from a price tag, it's a little bit more affordable than more of that intensive coaching that we know, you know, that we, we offer. Um, and then it has this more of this self-development portal that, you know, they can do self-directed learning and find content on our portal that um, is really in line with where they are in their career in life. And again, focused on, you know, the well-being aspect as well and, and creating this whole person approach to development. So that's one area that we're, you know, really leaning into is how do we make coaching and, and accessible to women and specifically in these areas of transition, right? It's always been something we've been passionate about is looking at where these, these times of transition where women um, and organizations kind of need to uh, need coaching more than ever. So for us, we really think about that as being, you know, women earlier in their career when it's important to really establish healthy professional and personal habits um, that first step to leadership where, you know, according to McKinsey and all of these other research, great research publications, it's kind of like that broken rung. It's when women start to lag behind in leadership and during that first jump into uh, first line leadership. So how do we prepare them for more complex roles and um, give them the tools and coaching to be successful. And then for me, a big passion of mine is like the transition of motherhood. That is, that'll rock your world, right? And everything changes and shifts 
um, mentally, physically, how you approach your work, your priorities, your values. And so we have, um, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of leaning more into um, these areas of transition and like the transition to motherhood where we have a coaching program that helps women through pregnancy and their leave and their return to work because that's where women really, where their well-being and, and prioritizing themselves and kind of, they need more help on figuring out like, what's important to me? How do I make work work with, with my personal life and my expanded roles? And I feel like I'm juggling everything and not doing a great job. Um, and so a little bit more of, of that and that really specialized focus on these times of transition. Um, and then from a corporate perspective, we have a lot of passion about getting deeper and wider into the organizations we're working with because we really aim to affect more systemic change. Like it's to us not very powerful to go in and do a workshop for a company or maybe coach a few women. Like in order to truly make a workplace more inclusive and to see women really um, advance and for companies to retain female talent and actually see a, a change, um, you know, we want um, to, um, you know, work with them on a much closer level to really affect that change. And that's, you know, in a few different ways that we're doing that. But that's important to us is we don't want to, to work with thousands of companies. We want to work with a handful of companies like really well so that we can be their female talent development partner, right? You want to be their go-to when they think of how do I really retain and advance women in, in our workplace? That's wonderful. You want to go very deep with some of your best clients. You have some incredible clients on your roster already. And congratulations. That's Thank incredible. Um, absolutely awesome, um, Natalie. And such a, such a cool thing. Tell us a little bit about, you know, Molly. And, yeah. Yeah. And because she's, you know, she's a dynamo with you. She's you guys both, co you both co-founded. Yeah. Cool. And... Just, just give us a, just an idea of like what a working partnership looks like for women. This is two women like, you know, blazing yeah. the path here. What does that look like on a day-to-day -day basis for you guys? Oh, it's incredible. I love having her as like, you know, I call her my, my better half in business. Um, you know, Molly and I both had uh, standalone coaching, private coaching practices for a little bit before we kind of came together. Um, and it was really lonely. I don't know. There's something really sometimes lonely about entrepreneurship when you're working just by yourself and you don't have a team, you don't have anyone to bounce ideas off of. And so, you know, what's really great if you um, can find a partner, a co-founder that has, you know, very similarly aligned missions, values, and vision, it can be such a beautiful thing because you realize that together um, with your collective complementary skills, like you can drive so much more change than you could individually, right? And I think it goes to that diversity of skills, experiences, thoughts that it makes something so much richer. And like, I never would have, I'll be honest, I never would have been able to do medical on my own because there's so much that Molly brings to the table in terms of strengths that I just don't have and vice versa. And so it's, I think like, if, you know, anyone looking to, you know, whether it's like, you know, starting your own company or thinking about how you build a team, Right, we're building a team. We have this affinity bias to be great, you know, to gravitate towards people just like us. And when right. that happens, it's just an echo chamber. And so yeah. I'm so glad. And I don't even think we knew we did it at the time, but you know, Molly and I are very different in a lot of ways. And that's been, I think, a real um, strong point for us is that we we are strong in different areas, and together, that's um, that's what makes us work. And then we've been very conscious lately as we're building our team. 
it's so tempting to want to hire people that are just like us, that think like you, have similar backgrounds. And it's like, no, we need people that are, are not going to be those visionary people like us that are going to help us think about the details, the stuff that we don't want to talk about, right? The, <laughs> you know, the operational things that we're like, us, we're squirming, you know? Um, so I, I just think, um, you know, having a business partner and, and is inc incredible. I've been so lucky to have her by my side. Um, yeah. She really she's yeah. She's absolutely great. Yeah. Um, she's the one that well, called me and asked me about medical. So um, <laughs> I'll never forget it. I was Anderson was a month old and I was in Home Depot and she called me and she's like, I could have a crazy idea. What do you think about going into business together? Um, and you know those gut things where you're just like, this feels right. This is it. This is right. Well, it obviously worked, and I'm so happy for you. Congratulate you. It is. Well, and thank you for your. Uh, your mentorship and I failed to say this, but when you asked me many questions ago about what kind of gave me the, the guts to leave corporate and start a business, I will, I don't think I've ever told you this, but I'll never forget speaking with you and I remember where we were having a conversation where I just was like, I need to know how we did this. Like, how did you, you know, start your, you know, TPI and, and go from this, you know, corporate um, career to doing something so new and, and different. Um, I, I'm thankful for mentors like you who have shown me what that, that you can have um, success doing that and to coach me along the way. So I'm thankful for you. Well, thankful. I'm so thankful for you because you're out there trailblazing, making it happen, being such an inspiration to so many and, and doing it. So Natalie, you have a big afternoon because this is Anderson's yeah. last day of, day, of, of daycare. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, I, such a tough day. Yeah, my, my son is two and a half and he's had a nanny from when he was um, eight months and the time has come, time for him to fly the coop. So he, today's his last day with his nanny and so he starts like, you know, a pre-K um, program, of his preschool program on Monday and so I'm going to go pick him up and I'm just like, I'm feeling all the things. It's oh, so Because yeah. I, I just, you know, she, our nanny has become like one of my best friends and she's yeah. become like family. She's a part of our family. And so, you know, it's hard to see him go from having one caregiver like her, you know, when it's not Justin and I to going to school with a bunch of kids. So yeah, I got to go run and pick him up. Well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing yeah. such a big part of your day with us. This is Natalie Eicher, who's the president and co-founder of Medical. I'm going to recap just a few big takeaways today, Natalie, from you. And thank you. And that kind of goes to what you're talking about with Anderson. This, she talked about work-life integration, um, you know, integrating those things. And balance is kind of a misnomer to that. Being radically, radically prioritizing your actions and then giving yourself grace the spectrum of growth mindset, seeing that, seeing yourself along that spectrum and giving yourself permission. And then the last thing you said, which I really thought was great, really goes to you is, and you were talking about Molly is aligning your mission values and vision. So mm -hmm. thank you for helping us through this conversation. Thank you for being such a great part of the next level. We can't wait to watch you. Inviting me. Thanks for inviting me. I'm, I'm just over the moon about being able to have this conversation with you. So thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, best of luck to you, Natalie. We'll be in touch. And thanks so much for being a part of the next level. Thanks, John. All right. Bye. Fun. See you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the next level. We hope that you found a couple of tips or insights today that you can take into your daily life. 
To learn more about our leadership training programs, our executive coaching programs, and the Team Performance Institute, please visit us at teamperformanceinstitute.com or email us at info at teamperformanceinstitute.com. Hope you have an awesome day.